Hello, Texans. Welcome to the podcast. You know, we have a lot of good guests on this thing here, but not always do we get a legend. And we have one today, Merrill Reese, voice of the Philadelphia Eagles. You Philadelphia people are in for a real treat, and everybody else is too, because he's been doing these Eagles games since 1977. Man, he did the Eagles when Ron Jaworski led them to a Super Bowl in 1980. Wow, a loss to the Raiders with Jim Plunkett. He did that. He did games where Randall Cunningham was running wild and making big plays and wowing people. He also did games when Andy Reid was there, Donovan McNabb, and they went to five consecutive NFC Championship games. That's incredible stuff, by the way. Let's get to Merrill Reese, voice of the Eagles, on the latest edition because they're 7-0 and flying high. Merrill, wonderful to have you on. How's it going, my friend? It's going the way you would think 7-0 and would, would seem to be going. It's been a remarkable season so far, Mark. Yeah, and you've been through a lot of them since 1977. So what do you make of this bunch? What's your overall assessment of what you've seen so far? I know we still have the majority of the regular season to go, but what a start, Merrill. It's been amazing. 7-0 uh, and equals the best start in the franchise history, and they are a good football team. I won't try to... Steer away from that. They are a good football team. They've done a great job answering needs. Uh, Howie Roseman, the general manager, went out and he he plugged improvements into areas that really needed to be upgraded. That's what he did in the offseason, uh, both offensively and the, D, and the defense has certainly been a big difference. And while there was a lot of uncertainty among the fans and some of the media about the future of Jalen Hurts after his first couple of seasons, I think that that question has been settled. He is the man, and he is having an outstanding season. Yeah, let's talk about his development because you look at the numbers two years ago, then last year, he ascends, he gets better, he improves. What do you attribute that to, and can you just discuss the general rise of his ability? Well, I think I attribute it to, number one, uh, the work ethic uh, about a young player who really wants to be the best about a guy who wants to spend time every day winning the practice, winning the game, winning, wants to get better every single game. That's what Nick Sirianni, the coach, practice, preaches. He talks about, let's win today. And Jalen Hurst has bought into that. Although he's a coach's son, he's always been a winner at every level. All he needed was an opportunity. I think, Mark, we tend to judge quarterbacks too quickly. Uh, people after a couple of Games said, well, he doesn't have the arm strength. He doesn't have arm talent. He doesn't make decisions fast enough. You look back at the the really top quarterbacks. You look at Aaron Rodgers at the beginning of his career. He when he arrived in Green Bay, he was drafted in uh, 2005, and he really didn't play until 2008. He sat behind Brett Favre and learned. Mm-hmm. You look at Drew Brees in a couple of years. Drew Brees will. I'll be sure. I'm sure to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Drew Brees was just so-so when the Chargers drafted him in the second round out of Purdue. And it wasn't until four years later where they let him go. Uh, he almost signed with Miami, but uh, did not meet their uh, physical examination requirements. They still were worried about uh, the shoulder injury. And then he ends up in New Orleans and teams up with Sean Payton and started upon a Hall of Fame career. I think you have to be patient. You have, you have to once in a while. Once in a while, you have someone like Justin Herbert who who takes the uh, the NFL by storm, or you take somebody like 
uh, Joe Barrow, who ends up in the Super Bowl in the second year of his career. But that is that really is the exception rather than the rule. But by and large, you have to be patient with young quarterbacks. Look what we're seeing right now in Seattle with Geno Smith. Uh, he was considered a bust at one point. Uh, had didn't show anything really with the New York Jets, and here he is with Seattle, and he's leading that team. So it does happen. Jalen Hurts has talent. He's got an outstanding arm. He's bright. He is a tireless worker. Merrill Reese joining us on Texans Radio. Let's talk about Nick Sirianni. You've been around all these coaches with the Eagles over the years, Merrill, and Dick Vermeil and Andy Reid, Doug Peterson. What does Sirianni bring into the table? A passion for football. Uh, again, you're talking about a coach's son who grew up as a as a gym rat, somebody who just loved playing football, went to a small college, uh, and then began his coaching career and took all the prerequisite steps, uh, became a good wide receiver coach with Indianapolis, and has finally got the chance. Uh, when the Eagles were tipped off about him, he obviously had people who were uh, spouting the praises of Nick Sirianni, and they liked what they saw. They liked what he heard, they heard. He came here, his very first press conference, you you really walked away scratching your head because he seemed really so so young and, and so raw in terms of his means of communicating with the media. Mm-hmm. And watching him last year, they struggled at the beginning of the season, and uh, everybody was after him at that time, but the, the team really bought into his message and he has great communication skills. He has a love for the game. He has the, the right sense of authority. They like him and respect him. That's a very important combination. And he surrounded himself with very good assistant coaches, including Jonathan Gannon, who was the defensive coordinator and Shane Steichen, who was the offensive coordinator. And they have just, again, uh, they have built this team piece by piece, and they started to progress around the middle of last season, ended up making the playoffs, probably made the playoffs because the uh, playoff format admitted an extra team. But uh, they they had a 9-8 and eight season last year and then went down in the playoffs, lost badly to Tampa Bay, went back and added some very important pieces in this offseason, and the product of that is a good football team, a very good football team. I tell people the NFL is a war of attrition and uh, you have to be lucky in the injury department, which they have been until uh, yesterday. They lost an important piece, Jordan Davis, mm-hmm. for maybe four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain, the number one draft choice, and, and that will hurt them. Uh, but uh, for the most part, they have stayed healthy. Merrill Reese, voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, joining us on Texans Radio. Merrill, let's talk a little bit about the history of things here and the NFC East. You've seen the ebb and flow of this division. The Texans will play every team in the division, starting with the Eagles on Thursday night. And where's the NFC East at right now? Obviously, the Eagles have the best record. What do you think of the rest of the squads? Because it seems to be a very good season for this division. Well, it is. I I say that they went from the NFC least which they were a couple of seasons ago to the NFC beast. Now that may be overstating it, but the Eagles are very good. The Cowboys are very good. The Giants, despite their loss to uh, Seattle at Seattle are very good. And then the fourth team, of course, is the Washington commanders who were terrible 
And here they are. They're on a winning streak, and they've even the record at four and four. They have a very good coach, Ron Rivera. He stays patient with them. Uh, he's made the moves they have had to make. I think that uh, Carson Wentz had a lot of struggles going on, and uh, Taylor Heineke has really awakened that team. Merrill, you've been the voice of the Eagles since 1977, and now, if you don't mind me saying, you're 80 years old. So what is the key to being so good, so energetic, carrying on the way you do at a high level, doing what you do for the Eagles? And I know you're still, are you still co-owner of a radio station outside of town? I am. I'm managing partner. All right. It's, so a, it's an AM, FM uh, station that also does a lot of online uh, television work. So we have uh, we we do all kinds of high school games, all kinds of sports. I mean, I'm I run it. I don't really go on the air here except for one football show a week, but uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, the age doesn't mean a thing to me. I still play a hundred rounds of golf a year, so uh, that that's pretty good. And 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 walk courses when I when I'm in, in that type of course. But I I love it. Uh, I still have the passion that I had. Uh, throughout my life for football, for all sports, but especially for football. And it's, it's just fun. I look forward to every season. I look forward to every game. I have no plans to retire anytime. I always kid and say they'll have to remove me with a crane. But it's, it's what I love to do more than anything else in the world. And I, uh, I, I really feel great every Sunday when I go to a stadium or on a Thursday night, whatever it is that I'm doing what I'd rather be doing than, than anything. How about where the league is at right now in terms of the popularity of the NFL? And of course you did that first Super Bowl with Ron Jaworski against the Raiders. And by the way, what was it? The 1980 season, the Astros and Phillies got together in the postseason, and now they're together in the world series, but versus the Phillies versus the rest of the Philadelphia sports landscape, the Eagles then, and the Eagles now, how has it changed? If at all? Well, I, I think it's, um, it, it has grown to the point where even though the Phillies are in the world series, and even though this is the, the city right now is talking about having gone through red October, meaning Phillies red and the, the, the Phillies are right now the darlings of the sports fan. But I don't think that I'm exaggerating when I say that this is an Eagles city, first and foremost. This is the most popular sport and franchise uh, in this city. There's no doubt about that. Uh, They used to talk about uh, baseball being America's pastime, but I, I think football honestly has passed that. And what about college basketball in Philly, Merrill? Because I know that, look, I used to do a lot of games there when I was working in the Atlantic 10 in the 90s. But I know even before that, you're talking about double headers at the Palestra and the history of it all in that city. Where is it at now versus then? Mark, it's not as great. Uh, it really, I, I was with you in those days. I did a lot of big five basketball games when I was a student and sports director of WRTI, the student station at Temple University. I used to do a doubleheader on Wednesday night, a pen game on Friday night, a doubleheader on Saturday night. I mean, it was huge. Um, it's really, to be honest with you, I'm sure uh, the other four schools wouldn't like me to say this, but it, it, it's the big five, but it really is the big one in Villanova mm-hmm. and the, the other four. Uh, Temple has some interesting prospects this year. Penn is really a, a good Ivy League program. LaSalle and St. Joe's have uh, watched their programs deteriorate to a point where they're really not on the level 
uh, with the, I don't think they're with the level. Well, Temple Temple's a bit above, but they're still they're still they they haven't been a tournament team for several years. Uh, Aaron McKee, the former Sixers, their head coach, Fran Dunphy had been there for many years, and before him, John Cheney. But they're they're fighting to become relevant again. Uh, Villanova has been the team winning the two national championship games, but we'll see how they are right now because this will be their first year in a long time without Jay Wright, who retired from the coaching profession, mm-hmm. is going to be doing some television, and uh, it's a new head coach. So uh, again, they do have a strong program, and we'll see if he can sustain it. Merrill Reese, voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, joining us on Texans Radio. A couple of other things here. Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb, they had so much success for the Eagles but didn't win the big one, Merrill. How are they regarded in Philadelphia now? Because I know for a while there was some anger, ire, whatever, frustration maybe among the fan base. How do they regard Reid and McNabb now? Well, it's a it's a world where it's what did you do lately? Uh, Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb went to five NFC Championship games and the Super Bowl. So he is regarded uh, right now as a great coach. We see what he's done in Kansas City. There's no doubt. He's a Hall of Fame coach. He's the winningest coach in Eagles history. So Andy Reid is still regarded with great respect. Uh, Donovan, I think, for the most part, is respected and uh, really revered by the fans. If you look at the media guy that's sitting to my left, and check the record books, he holds almost every passing record in the history of this team. Donovan was an outstanding quarterback, and I think he one day will receive consideration for the Hall of Fame. But but they move on. Listen, there's a statue outside the stadium of Nick Foles about to run a play called the Philly Special that we all know about from uh, Super Bowl 52. So Nick uh, won the Super Bowl, but really... Uh, was not a starting quarterback here except in an emergency situation uh, back in 2017. But Nick has a lot of popularity here. And, of course, watching Jalen Hurts, he is the new star in town. Uh, They've surrounded him with great talent. This is probably as good an offensive line as there is in the National Football League. I mean, they are very, very good. Uh, The wide receiver core is the best I've been around. I may be the best in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles. And I made that statement one day and somebody said to me, wait a minute, you work with Mike Quick. He's your, he's your analyst in the booth. And didn't he team up one year with Harold Carmichael, who last year went to the Hall of Fame? I said, yes, they did. But it was Mike's rookie year in which he only had 10 receptions. And it was pretty much at the end of Harold Carmichael's great career. So they were not together at their prime. But if you look at these two, primarily, if you look at Devontae Smith, the number one draft pick from last year, and A.J. Brown, with whom they uh, traded to get with Tennessee, uh, those two are absolutely dynamite. And you have uh, Quez Watkins in the slot. He's the speed receiver. But the other dangerous receiver is Dallas Goddard, the tight end. He's, he's close to being in that elite class. Yeah, I was going to ask you about A.J. Brown because we've seen him many times before as a Tennessee Titan doing damage against the Texans. Is there anybody you can compare him to that you've seen before? He's so physical. I thought he was a little bit like Andre Johnson in a way as he was starting to develop, but I don't know what thoughts you might have. 
Well, the thought that people here have uh, when when you listen to talk radio and you speak with some of the fans, they're comparing him to T.O., Terrell Owens, who when he teamed with Donovan McNabb the first year was absolutely tremendous, big, strong, athletic. That's what A.J. Brown is. The only difference is that A.J. Brown is a very uh, mild-mannered, unassuming guy off the football field, and a T.O. developed into a very divisive personality. Merrill, one more for you. What do you think of Thursday night games as the team has to hit the road on Wednesday? So it's a very short week, got to be on the road, kind of a long trip. What do you think of Thursday night in general and this situation in particular? Well, I think it's tough. I think it's tough to play football with three days rest, you know, counting the travel. It's a four-day bridge between the Sunday game and the Thursday night game. I think it's very, very tough. And there are a lot of Thursday night games over the years that they've done it that did not go well. And people thought it was a product of the players not being rested and play at their best. But uh, recently we have seen some good uh, Thursday night performances. And uh, there's no reason why this shouldn't be a good game, an intriguing game. I know that Houston is down right now, 1-5-1. and But uh, they've got a bright young quarterback. And to tell you the truth, Mark, you just never know. I mean, Nick Sirianni doesn't say to this team, "Go out and be eight and zero. Let's see if you can. Let's see if you can be uh, an undefeated team for eight weeks in a row." What he says to them is, "Let's go one and zero. Concentrate on one game." And I still believe that this is a game that we used to talk about in terms of on any given Sunday. On any given Sunday, uh, a team can, any team can beat any other team. And that's only expanded into in any given Sunday, Monday, Thursday, and late in the season, Saturday. Absolutely. Merrill, thanks so much for the time. We look forward to seeing you here in Houston. Thanks, Mark. There's Merrill Reese, voice of the Philadelphia Eagles. Great to have you listening. It's going to be a 7-15 kick Thursday night, Battle Red Night, and it's live on TV at My20 and Amazon Prime, Prime Video, plus Sports Radio 610, the Bull 100.3 FM, Texans app, Odyssey app, all of it. Why is it on My20, you're asking? Well, Fox 26 has to carry the World Series. They have no choice in the matter. I'm sure they're happy to do it, but they have no choice in the matter. So the game moves to My20, also owned by that station. So you can watch it there, watch it on Prime, listen to it with us. Enjoy your day. Go Texans! Go Texans!